0: heaven, thank you for this morning. Thank you that the brethren can meet together. And not only us, Father, but we know that as we meet together, you are with us. As we heard this morning, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we pray you, our Father, that you might look into our hearts that you might see, Father, in what corners of our lives you have to work so that we might know you more, love you more, serve you more. Again, as we heard this morning, Father, we need your Holy Spirit to enlighten our hearts that we might understand. So Father, we are waiting upon you we're able to ask these things with confidence because we pray in the name of Jesus, amen. The title for today's message is uh, Saving Our Soul. As you can see from the slide, I've changed the word souls to the words lives, and I'll tell you why later. What I'd like to do is look at this word soul in the context of the verse. In chapter 8 of Mark, in verse 35 to 37, we read, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? According to the best Greek lectionaries, the word soul in in these verses should be translated by the word life. It is exactly... The same word in the verse our version esv uses the first two times that it is given and it uh, translates it translates it life the last two times it is used in these verses it is translated by the word souls fw danker calls psyche a multivalent word. He lists its English meanings as one, life on earth or earthly life, two, a seat and center of inner human life, and three, a person, but overlaps strongly with the heart. As we see in this quotation, the Greek word souche, from which we get psychology, means one, life on earth, two, the heart or three, just a person. The word is not a reference to a separation of the soul and the body. Very important to understand that. Jesus is saying that humans try to save their souls, but they're not try to save their souls, not, not their souls, but their lives by themselves. So it's not the question of a soul as being separate from a body this first should be translated body all the way through same greek word so we're not talking about one soul one body we're talking about an entity which is a person when god breathed into adam adam became a living person Some of our translations say soul, but in reality, it means a living person. Only in later on in the third century, did we start to consider the soul as something, an entity apart from a person. But in the Bible, in the Greek, we're not talking about a different entity, we're talking about a life. So we come back to what jesus said in the verses that we read before and human beings or man is on a search or in a quest for life we want to know well what is life jesus says if we forfeit our lives it's no good what we have to do is we have to gain our lives and every one of us in a way tries to gain our life i put here the 40s graphic that Abraham Maslow invented, uh, and I've named it the pyramid for the human quest for life. At the bottom, human search to meet their physical needs of nourishment, clothing, and shelter. And they also want to safety and security. They want to be loved, received, and accepted by the other in focus. uh, uh, by the other is the focus of what they want and then after that we have esteem or the worth of a person what what am I worth what what what, how much importance do I have am I significant in the world and the last thing is the idea of self-actualization or the idea I can become the best of what I want to be And so what I think Jesus is trying to tell us in these verses is, in life, what are you searching for? Human beings search, first of all, to satisfy their basic needs. But after that, human beings, what they want to do is they want to be safe, they want to be secure. They want things to go in a normal and not in a chaotic way. Human beings want to love, they want to be loved, they want to be received, they want to be accepted. Human beings want to think, well, listen, I, I I am an important person in the sense that I have my place here in this world. I have something to give to the world that is around me. And the last one, in what I am, well, I want to become the best of what I am. And I believe that probably everybody here this morning thinks in exactly the same way. We, each of us, maybe in today, and maybe in the in the church today, not many of us are worried about our physical needs, but there might be some that are worried about their security and how life is, is not secure, how life is chaotic. I know several people that because of the pandemic have lost their jobs, some of you have lost their homes. So what do they do? Their safety, their security has been, uh, has been hit and they don't know what to do about this. And so they try all kinds of ways to go out and make their life a life of order. A lot of people are lacking in love and belonging. Can I love? Am I loved? Am I loved by my parents? Am I loved by my husband? Am I loved by my wife? Am I loved by my children? Am I loved by the people around me? Am I loved at the people at work? Did they accept me? Did he receive me? Did he want me? And esteem, the idea is, well, what place do I have where I am? Does my wife consider me a good husband? Don't answer, Lou. Does my daughter consider me a dad? Definitely, you don't answer, Jew. In the work that I do, uh, am I doing the work as I should? Am I appreciated for what I am able to do? And each of us, what we do is we search this quest of life that we would want in all these areas. And what Jesus is telling us in these verses, yes, these areas are important. But if you search for them by yourself, if you search for them for your own power, if you search for them with your own wisdom and and your own uh, way of doing things, well, you might not ever get it but me as the Lord and Savior, if you give your life to me, I will take care of each of these things. We prayed this morning at the breaking of bread. We said the, not the, the our father, and in the our father, we said, Father, give us our daily bread. Paul says, if we have clothes and we have something to eat, well, we should be satisfied. God Himself has said that He would make us secure, that he, he would make the chaos in our life to be stable. God has said that because we are His, like we heard this morning at the breaking of bed, we are loved. We are loved with an eternal love. We are accepted, we are received we are esteemed, each one of us has been made as we are. And God looks upon us and says, you have a place. You can be used by me. You are wanted by me. And how you were made, whether you are brilliant or whether you're like being a little bit dumber, whether you're bald or you have a lot of hair, whether you are a doctor, or you are a a lawyer, or maybe you're a garbage man. I don't know. Whatever you are, God has made you so that you can receive in this world the importance and the significance that you want. And God says also that he has undertaken to make us to be like his son. So to be perfect and to arrive at the place where God wants us, God has undertaken that with us. So Jesus has offered everything in life that we want, that we need, and it is offered by his son. That is why the Lord says, look to him. He is the one that gives life. If we look at this passage from verse 22, and I like to suggest to you that the passage doesn't finish in chapter 8, verse 38. The passage finishes in chapter 9, verse 1. There's five different sections in this passage. First, we have the healing of the blind man. Then we have Peter's confession. Then we have Jesus's teaching. Then we have Jesus's challenge. And then we have Jesus's hope that he gives us. Let's read Mark 8:22 to 26, the healing of the blind man. And he came to Bethsaida and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. Our passage here begins a new section in Mark's gospel. The section is bookended by two healings. The first one we see here, the healing of a blind man that when he was first touched, he only saw in fog. And then after Jesus touched him again, and he saw clearly. And we have at the end of chapter 10, the story of Bartimaeus, another blind man who is healed by Jesus and goes with Jesus on his way into Jerusalem. So it's like two stories of a blind person being healed from 822 to 1052. Another theme that we find in this whole section is the theme of on the way, on the way. And according to the section, on the way is the way to Jerusalem. We see that in 83, 27, 9, 33, 34, 10, 32, 52. The main theme in this section from chapter eight to chapter 10 is a theme of learning to be a disciple. The disciples needed to understand who Jesus was and why he had come. His way was to become also their way to understand they needed to have their eyes open. How did this happen? How could they see clearly The blind man had friends that brought him to Jesus as the first words in in red are. Jesus took care of him because it was Jesus that took him outside the city. Jesus touched him. Jesus touched him again and he opened his eyes. What is God trying to say to us? What do we need to follow Jesus? We have to ask Jesus to open our eyes. We want to understand how to be a Christian. We want to understand how to be a disciple. We're like those blind men in chapter 8 and also in chapter 10. We see, but we don't see it clearly. And so God brings us along a path. And as he brings us along the path, as he brings us along the way, Little by little, all of a sudden, what has been foggy becomes clear, and we understand more who Jesus is. And at the end, when our eyes see clearly, like it was the case with Bartimaeus, well, we're able to go with Jesus to Jerusalem and in a way to do as he asked to die with him in Jerusalem. God said, let the light shine out of darkness, and he has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There's so many people in this world today that might know of the name Jesus, but they do not understand really who Jesus is. They might have heard His name, they might have been taught about him, they might have heard what other people have said about Him. They might even have inclinations in their own heart of who Jesus is. But in reality, we cannot know who Jesus is until He opens our heart and that we can understand who He is. The knowledge of Jesus is not just to say Jesus was a man, Jesus uh, came on the earth, Jesus died on the cross, Jesus supposedly was raised from the dead, Jesus did this or Jesus did that. No, what has to happen is that God has to open our hearts that we might understand with new life, with new creation, because this verse that we have up here, for God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, where does that come from? Comes from Genesis in creation. Well, God has to do a new creation in our hearts. He has to shine the lights in our heart that not only we might understand intellectually who Jesus is, but that we might understand in our hearts and understand the glory of God as it is seen in the face of Christ. Mark eight twenty-seven to 30. Jesus went on with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that i am they told him john the baptist others say elijah and others one of the prophets and he asked them but who do you say that i am and peter answered him you are the christ and he strictly charged them to tell no one about him what do people think about jesus today a man like any other man a wise man A model to follow someone that gave us a way to live, someone that taught us how to love. All that is true. But what Jesus wants us to do is to come to our own confession of who he is. He says, who do men say that I am? And he turns to Peter and he says, who do you say that I am? And the pronoun you is in, is in an emphasis in the original text. Who do you, you say that I am? And what God wants us, not just to repeat what other people are saying about Jesus, but what God wants us to do is to, by our own confession, say, I say that you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. I know who Jesus is because Jesus has opened up my heart that I understand who he is, and it's... It's like a light being poured into my being where I'm not just saying something that everybody else says, but I'm saying really what God has revealed to me. Who do people say I am and you, who do you say that I am? And that's what God asks each of us here this morning. Maybe someone else says who Jesus is. But God is asking each one of us, who do you say that I am? Who do you understand me to be? God wants us to understand that He is the chosen one of God with a mission to give us the possibility of life. Messiah, when, Jesus, when Peter says you are the Messiah, the Jews in the first century, they had different ideas of who the Messiah and what, who the, what the Messiah was to be and what the Messiah was to do. Some believed that he would be like a priest. Others believed that he would be like a king. Others believed that he would be like one of the, the revolutionaries that were trying to help Israel to be freed from the Roman Empire and Roman power. But in reality, if we look at everything that the Jewish literature in the Bible and also outside the Bible tells us about what the Jews believed at that time, they all believed that the Messiah... Whether a priest, whether a king, whether a revolutionary or a uh, soldier, whatever he was, this person was going to be able to give us the life that we want. And why? Because Messiah means the anointed one. And so Jesus is portraying himself as he that was chosen of God with a mission to give us the possibility of life. You want to live? you have to know that Jesus as the Messiah is the only one that is able to give you life as maybe you are searching for it. Come to Jesus only for life. Jesus says in John, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness to me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. We search in all sorts of ways to fill up our lives so that we might feel full, that we might be satisfied, that we might be happy, that we might be uh, complete. Jesus says, you can't do it by yourself. You can't, human beings are not able to do it. The only person that is able to give us that is a person that is being been anointed by God and that person is Jesus Christ. Yet you refuse to come to me that you have life. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus being the Messiah is the one, the only one that is able to give us the life that we are all searching for. 31 to 33, he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days, rise again. And he said this plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for now you are setting your mind on a, not on the things of God, but on the things of man. What we see here when it says he began to teach them was at this point in his ministry, Jesus, as he's going on the way, he, be- he began to get closer to the disciples in a sense of not teaching them in parallels, but teaching them openly, teaching them black on white, exactly what was happening. And it's the same thing with us. As we go to Jesus and we say, Lord, open my heart. Help me to understand who you are. And as we, 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 we follow him and as he touches us and as he opens up our heart, then he starts to teach us that what is the most important is the idea of him dying and him being raised from the dead. It says here the word must. It's only a three-letter word in Greek, but it's a very important word it means it's absolutely necessary. It's an obligation. And as I, was re- as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, okay, well, what does this word say to me? Well, it says, first of all, he must die because God has decreed it. Jesus was not just being there to be a man. He was not just being there to be a wise man. Jesus came and he came to die. And why? Because that was God's purpose for Jesus coming into the world. He had to die. But not only he had to die because God had decreed it, God the Father had decreed it, he had to die also because it was the only thing that was effective, effective so that we might receive the life that Christ has come to give us. There is no other way that we might gain this life either eternally or now. No other way than that by Jesus. He had to die. He must die. We cannot be a Christian without understanding, I can't be a Christian unless Christ died. I cannot have life unless Christ died. It's a must. And the only way that I might gain this life is because he died and not only that he died, but also that he was raised from the dead because the raising from the dead is a fact of life. It is the start of the new creation. It's not only to prove that everything that Jesus did was right, that's true too, but the, re- the reality of the resurrection is that there is a new creation that's being started and we part- participate in, new, in this new creation because of what Christ did, our life in the new creation is effective because of the must that jesus had to die what did he need to do we need to believe and accept what jesus has done now we remind you brothers i'm reading from first corinthians of the gospel i preached to you which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word i preached to unless you believed in vain for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and third day in accordance with the scriptures. See the words here? He received, he stood, and by which we are being saved. Have I believed? Have I accepted what Jesus has done as the only way in which I might experience abundant life. Not just life, but abundant life. Not just eternal life, but even life today. Paul says, and I'm translating from French to English here, practice physical exercise. It's good for a little thing. But the practice in godliness is, what is it in English, somebody? good for all things, not only in the life to come, but the present life. You see, abundant life, what Jesus has come to do is not just to give us a life that we can hope for when one day we will be with him or one day when he returns, but he has come to give us a life, yes, in the future, but the possibility of experiencing this resurrection life, this new creation life today. God wants us today. To have abundant life and to have that well, we must believe and accept what jesus has done the way that we have that life is by his death and the forgiveness of sins and his life and a new creation he said calling the crowd to him with his disciples he said to them if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me deny himself not going after the quest for life by ourselves, but realizing that the only way that we can have it is to say, okay, not what I want, not where I want, not who I want, but what God himself want. I deny myself and I say, I take up my cross. And as Jesus, when he was here on the earth, he had to carry his own cross. According to that time, there was a cross, and there was a cross beam, and the person that was to be crucified had to carry the cross beam to where he was to be crucified. Well, Jesus says, for us to really experience this life, we must be ready, literally, to take up our cross, which means we must be ready to die. We must be ready to give our lives. And as he said this, he said, by Mark, he said this to the Romans who were giving their lives, And for them to deny themselves and take up the cross, it wasn't just saying, okay, my cross is because I I don't have any hair. Or my cross is uh, I I am sick in this way. Or my cross is I, I have to do this or that. No, the cross was an instrument of death. And what Jesus is saying to us, you must be ready to die. And you must follow me. Get behind me and follow me. What do you have to do? You have to decide not only to accept and believe who Jesus is, but you have to accept to follow Jesus where he wants and to forget where he wanted to go was to Jerusalem. And his only reason to go to Jerusalem was to die. And Jesus says to us, you want abundant life? You got to be ready to die. Let me take control of your life. Let me, let me, show you where to go, show you what to do, show you how to do it, so you might experience now and future this abundant life, but you must take the decision to follow me. And then Jesus says in the end, there are those that are standing here that will not experience death until they see the Son of Man coming in power and glory. What does he mean by that? That verse, the son of man coming in glory comes from a text in the Old Testament. Do you know where anyone? Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. When the son of man, not just the Messiah, what title did Jesus give himself? The son of man. When the son of man comes, but where does the son of man come? To the earth? No, the son of man comes into the presence. the king of kings he comes into the presence of god himself and when he comes into the presence of god what does god give him he gives him the power the glory and domination on everything when we decide to follow jesus we can have a hope too in this life and in future life we are followers children of the king of kings of the lord of lords the god of gods he has all the power and if we decide to follow jesus we can experience that power when he wants not only in the future but in today mark is telling us let's go on our way let's go on our way let's follow jesus let him touch us Let him open our hearts. Let him teach us. And let him, let us see the glory of God manifested in our lives. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this time together. These words, this passage is is so profound, so important. Father, if there's someone here today that is searching for you, we pray that you might lighten up their hearts through your light that they may see the glory of God in the face of Christ help us to understand that you had to die and that the only way that we can receive life is to believe in you father oh father in heaven help us to go forward teach us show us your glory through our own lives and in waiting for that moment when the glory will be fully revealed